Hello, and welcome to another broadcast of The Simple Truth, an outreach of Eye on the Crown Ministries, a ministry whose purpose is to present the Word of God in a dynamic and easy-to-understand manner, so all men, women, and children will hear the good news of Jesus Christ and accept Him as their Savior and Lord of their life. Becoming a child of God entitles you to all the benefits God has to offer. As a member of God's royal family, you'll never be alone or have to fear your enemy. Jesus becomes your personal lawyer who will defend you against all accusations from Satan, whether they are true or untrue. Furthermore, with the help of Jesus, you are able to overcome any obstacle that is put in your way. But most of all, God will never allow anyone or anything to make him stop loving you or cause you to be separated from him. So I invite you to take out a pen and paper as we take a wonderful journey through the Word of God with your Bible teacher, Weldon Green, as he presents the Bible study series, 21 Benefits of the New Life, Part 6, based on the book of Romans, Chapter 8. For those of you who can, grab your Bibles, whether it's on your smartphone, tablet, e-reader, or a good old paper copy, and go with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And I will be reading those scriptures to you from the New King James Version of the Bible. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I pray that God's blessings will be upon the hearers of his word and that their hearts and minds will be open to the truth of his word in Jesus name. Amen. You know, safety and security are exclusive things and not guaranteed if they are promised to you by any man. No matter how solid a deal may seem, there is always the possibility that someone can go back on their promise. But when God makes you a promise, you can bet your life on it. In these series of messages, Paul has carefully laid out the promises from God on how your life can be different when you become a follower of Christ and the benefits that come with that new life. Now, when Paul gets to this point in his writings to the Roman believers, he reflects back on all the benefits that came with a new life in Christ. 
In verses 1 through 4, Paul tells the believers about the supremacy of grace over the law and how much joy and freedom there is for those who choose to live by grace and not be bound by the law. In verses 5 through 13, he goes on to tell the believers that living a life filled with God's spirit brings peace to their life and a new way of thinking. In verses 14 through 17, Paul says, if you are led by God's spirit, you are adopted by God and becomes one of his children in every way. What he has is yours and you become an heir to his riches and will be glorified with Jesus. Then in verses 18 through 30, Paul tells the believers God's Holy Spirit helps them when they are weak and all the things in their life will work together for their good because they love God and he has a plan for their life. He goes on to assure them that they will be victorious over all situations because God has predestined them, called them, justified them and glorified them. It is these marvelous benefits that prompts Paul to ask the believers a series of rhetorical and factual questions. Now, a rhetorical question is one that is asked to make a point or produce an effect rather than require an answer. A factual question, on the other hand, demands a reasonable, straightforward answer based on obvious facts or awareness of the situation or occurrence. Having described to them all the previously stated benefits of this new life. Paul asked them a rhetorical question. What then shall we say to these things? In other, word, in other words, Paul wants to know how sincere is their belief and faith in what God has promised? How much and how far are they willing to trust God with their life and their well-being? What is their answer to the call by God to become a believer in Christ? Paul then prefaces the 18th benefit with a factual question. If God be for you, who can stand against you? The answer is also the 18th benefit, and that is no one can stand against you if God is for you. Let's go back and read verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, some of you may be saying, preacher, you don't understand how many people are fighting against me and everything I try to do. Every time I turn around is one problem after another. But friends, let me assure you, Everybody and everything can be against you. But if God is for you, none of them can stand against you. You can trust that God will be there for you every time if you trust him and depend on him and not use him as your last resort. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the popular Disney movie, The Lion King. In one scene, the lion cub Simba is confronted by three hyenas and they know for sure they are going to tear him apart because they outnumber him and he is just a cub. Simba gives his best roar, but it only makes the hyenas laugh because there is no power behind it. They even challenge him to do it again, 
But this time Simba's father, Mufasa, the king of the lions, jump in and gives a mighty roar which scares the hyenas and reminds them who is in control. Then Mufasa tells those cowardly hyenas, don't ever come near his son again. When God is for you, it doesn't matter how many worldly hyenas come against you. They are no match for God. It doesn't matter how big, rich, or powerful they are. They are nothing against the power and lordship of God. You are not strong enough to defeat the hyenas of the world alone. But with God on your side, you can do all things. You are just too valuable and important to God's ultimate plan for him to let you fail or be defeated by your enemies. God is serious about how much he cares for you. Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Listen, dear friends, if God didn't spare his own son, but gave him up so that he could save you, why would he then allow you to fall or keep good things away from you? He's already done the greatest thing by giving his son in replace of you. So giving you good things is a minor act compared to that. You will face opposition and enemies and people will try to do things to embarrass or hurt you. But God's got your back like nobody else can have your back and he will never fail you nor forsake you. You need to have faith enough to let him fight your battles and not try to fight them yourselves. What God has for you is for you and there is nothing anyone can do to stop the blessings God has for you. Now, there are many examples in the Bible of how God helped his people overcome great odds and to defeat great and more powerful enemies. Now, Paul asks a couple of factual questions in verses 33 and 34. He says, who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who is the one who justifies? Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. The answer in the, is the 19th benefit. No one can bring a charge against you or condemn you. I remember watching a Senate hearing on the CNN news channel, and there was a man sitting at the table before a committee of senators. He was testifying about what he knew or his part in a bad incident that had occurred. And when the senators began to question him, the man leaned over to his attorney that was sitting next to him and the attorney whispered something in his ear. The man then responded to the senator who was asking him the question and said, on the advice of my attorney, I invoke my Fifth Amendment right. The Fifth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America says that a citizen of the U.S. may not be forced to testify as a witness against themselves or answer a question that may make them guilty. But that's not all. The Fifth Amendment also forbids double jeopardy. And I'm not talking about getting double points on the Jeopardy TV game show. Double jeopardy means trying a person twice for a charge they have already been acquitted of. But the Fifth Amendment states that once they are cleared of that charge, it can't be brought against them again. Now, this 
made the senators mad and they began asking the man question after question trying to determine his guilt or innocence in the situation but no matter how many times they asked him the same questions the man would simply say i plead the fifth when you enter into this new life with christ you are assigned the greatest lawyer that ever lived his name is Jesus. He's never lost a case and never failed a client that fully trusts in him. Further, Jesus sincerely knows what you're going through because he has gone through it himself while he was here on this earth in human flesh. He understands your fears, your sorrows, your hurts, your disappointments, and your temptations. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore go boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when Satan accuses you before God for the sins of your past, you have the benefit of consulting with your heavenly attorney, Jesus, and saying, I'm guilty of it all. Then Jesus will remind you what the word of God says, that he shed his blood on the cross for all your sins. And because you have confessed your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can then turn to Satan, the accuser, and say, on the advice of my attorney and my savior, I plead the blood. This will make Satan mad. And when Satan goes into details about the bad things you've done, you can say, I plead the blood. When he brings forth all of his evidence and his key witnesses to the sins you have committed, you have the right to boldly say, I plead the blood of Jesus. 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation, that means the substitute for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. Therefore, no one can find you guilty of any sin because God has justified you. That means God has cleared you of all the charges. No one can condemn you because they didn't die for you. Jesus did. No matter how hard they try to prove how guilty you are and deserve to go to hell, God has the final word and he says, not guilty. Dear friends, I got to tell you. This almost makes me want to start singing, I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. But of the many gifts I feel God has given me, I know singing isn't one of them. So with that, I'll continue on with this Bible study. As we look at verses 35 through 37, Paul asks several rhetorical questions that are meant to make a statement and cause you to think. Listen to what he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The 37th verse is also the 20th benefit of 
of the new life. And that is you are more than a conqueror through Jesus. When you begin this new life in Christ, the world will hate you, not because of anything you have done to them, but because of whom it is you have chosen to trust. The world will hate you just like they hated Jesus. So don't think it's strange that people will seem to hate you without a cause. Don't be surprised when they take you to court for praying or proclaiming the word of God in public. Or they call you foolish and simple minded because you believe by faith that God will do what he says he will do. But don't let that discourage you, dear friend. This is normal if you are living a life that is pleasing to God. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3 and 12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And then John chapter 15 verses 18 and 19 says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus was crucified for who he was, the son of God, and not what he did to anyone. The apostles and believers in ancient times suffered and were put to death for their faith in Jesus. Christians today in China and North Korea and other communist countries are being put in jail for simply having church or possessing a Bible. Christians in Afghanistan and Iran and many other Muslim countries are being tortured and put to death because they believe in Jesus and not Muhammad. Pastors in America are being sued and taken to court because they preach against the sexual sins the Bible condemns. Friends may turn against you. Family may turn against you. Even your children may turn against you when you start living a life according to the word of God. But they can take everything you have and do to you whatever they want. But one thing they can't do is separate you from the love of Jesus. That's why Paul boldly proclaims in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It doesn't matter what you have done, what you have or don't have, or what people say about you. Jesus still loves you. This is what the songwriter meant when he penned these words. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold, no fame or fortune, no riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. In the midst of all your circumstances, you become something greater than just a survivor or a victor or even a conqueror. Paul proclaims that we are more than conquerors. That means rising to a level of dependence on God the enemy can't understand and can't overcome. When the Romans, who were prompted by the chief priests, crucified Jesus, he asked God to forgive them for what they were doing to him. When the religious leaders had Peter, John, and Paul beaten and thrown in jail throughout their journeys, they continued to praise God and hold fast to their faith. And seeing their great faith caused others to believe in Jesus and get saved. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 and 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
You know, you become more than a conqueror, not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of God that gives you the ability to bless and not curse those who hurt you, to pray for those who spitefully use you, to forgive those who do wrong against you. You become more than a conqueror by having faith in God's word that no matter what may happen in life, he will always love and be with you. And in the end, when God destroys this earth and creates a new heaven and a new earth, his children will be heirs and joint heirs with Jesus and ruling over it. Finally, Paul assures the believers that if they are true to their faith and commitment to God, they will be with God in heaven. Verses 38 and 39 says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In the 39th verse, Paul gives us the 21st and final promise of the new life in Christ, and that is Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Now, some denominations look at this benefit as once saved, always saved, meaning that once you have accepted Jesus into your life, you are saved and can live any kind of way you want to live and still be saved. But that can be misleading. See, although your salvation is assured and no one can take it away from you, you can give it up by turning your back on the love of God and rejecting his spirit's control over your life. Second Peter chapter two, verses 20 and 21 says it like this. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But when you know that you know that you know that you are saved and filled with the spirit of God, you don't worry about the circumstances of life because you will live in accordance to God's word. You will live a life that is pleasing to him and you won't try to take advantage of this salvation by doing wrong and saying, well, God will forgive me anyhow. Now, Paul calls that being persuaded or convinced, not by what you've heard or read, but by what you've experienced since entering into this new life. You've experienced the grace of God work in your life when he gave you things you didn't deserve. You've experienced how he's opened up doors for you and made a way when there was no way. You remember how he protected you in the dangerous situations when you should have been hurt or killed. You remember how he healed you when the doctor says that there was nothing more that they could do. That's the kind of assurance Paul is talking about when he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height or death nor any other created thing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
This covers every situation and circumstances of life that can come your way. None of them can separate you from the love of God. Well, listening friends, that's all for this week. But I hope this week's broadcast has been a blessing to you and has encouraged you to either seek a closer relationship with God or accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is no greater or more fulfilling decision you will ever make in your life than this. I encourage you to read Romans 8 in its entirety and let the words of the Apostle Paul guide and inspire you to choose Jesus over everything this world offers because the eternal and everlasting benefits of following Jesus are far greater than anything this world can offer you. I have learned from experience in my walk with Christ that he can be trusted to bring you through the darkest times in your life. He will also make your life more enriching than you could ever imagine and fill you with a joy and peace that goes beyond all understanding. So dear friend, I encourage you to accept Jesus as your Savior and let him be Lord of your life. The Bible says it's as simple as acknowledging your sins before God and asking him to forgive you for those sins. Then ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. For the Bible says in Romans 10 and 13, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you would like a study sheet for all the 21 benefits of the new life, for either a Bible study group or your own study time, go to our ministry website at www.ionthecrown.org and request a copy through the Contact Us link. Also, I invite you to explore some of our other resources while you're on the website. Please send us an email through that contact us link on the ministry website and let us know how the broadcasts have made an impact in your life or what we can do to improve them. Your input will be welcomed and greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening and join me again for another exciting journey through the word of God. Also, I encourage you to invite someone else to listen. Now have a blessed and prosperous day. God bless you.